0: Want the reward? Do the damn work. Challenge yourself. Inspire change. Choice, not luck. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Ignite Euphoria podcast. I have two awesome people on today that I am excited, pleased, and honored to talk to. Sam and Dean... Welcome to the show, or whatever
1: Thank we're you. supposed
2: to call this. How are you guys doing? I'm good. How I'm are you? Doing awesome. Who's nervous? I was nervous. I'm not as nervous as what I was. Like, I feel this is like normal and awesome.
0: Yeah. It's just a conversation. We've had many of them. Very proud just moment. Just in a different room, right? Yes. Proud moment it is. So let's start off with some good stuff. You guys know who this band is, correct? Uh, I do. I do. Who is this? Who? Now listen, because this is going to make or break this whole thing. <laughs> Who's the singer of this band?
1: Steve Perry, isn't it? Okay.
0: <laughs> there we go.
1: Come on now. Old I, school, I grew up in right? the 80s. He saved me on that. <laughs> right. Old I school. Old school. But unfortunately, we don't really hear too much Journey jamming, yeah. jamming in the kitchen.
0: <laughs> right, right. That's true. Okay. Well, let's start with that. What do you do here at Racing for Recovery and why?
1: I am the executive chef here at Racing for Recovery. Um, I that was a big part of the turnaround of my life is I've got to enjoy doing a passion of mine and turn it into a job here. And it's my way of giving back to other people walking through this door to show them that nutrition is a big part of recovery. Um, that's kind of how I got there. And So
0: I'm going to build on that. And then obviously Sam will work all this stuff in with you as well. Um, So, you did have a, you do have, and did have, you do have a talent. I'm drinking it right now. (laughs) It was a, you were using that talent in a different way. And if I recall correctly, you didn't want any part of that industry anymore because it was part of what got you here in the first place. So, can you talk about? Uh, how the process that your mind changed to that and now what it's done for your skill as an awesome chef, how has it enhanced that now with what you're doing?
1: Well, you're absolutely right that I did, you know, I've I got my uh, degree from Le Cordon Bleu Culinary Arts. Um, and I thought that you know, that was going to be my road to success. And, um, I was made it to the top and everything of being an executive chef, sous chef, but the restaurant industry was always the turnaround of partying and every you know with every it was always a toxic environment in the kitchen, and I was ready to hang it up and seek different avenues in life because every time I would try and be successful with this. I've always made the bad choice of hanging with the wrong people, making the wrong decision, and it just turned into a catastrophe every time. So when the opportunity came here with the nutrition class, um, you know, we would sit around and have discussions, and um, believe it or not, true story, I, I watched the movie, The Secret, and about, you know, putting the vibes out there and, you know, Thinking it into play, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool to talk about plant-based diets and everything, but actually make some of the food and, you know, show people how to get, you know, involved and interested in it. I thought, and lo and behold, that same day, I was thinking about that. Uh, The other chef, Chef Luis that was here, he had a nice spread already put out. And then uh, that's when it just kind of clicked to this. This was this is something that I that I want to do. And that kind of opened up the, the door to use my culinary skills to do what I enjoy doing basically, but in the same token, in a safe, friendly environment that I'm giving back to others and sharing something with them to kind of open their eyes to this a little bit too. Um I hope that kind of explains it. No, it's great.
0: This is awesome, and there's no format to this. Um, so, Sam, as Dean's um, better half, as they say in society, right, how do how does it feel for you to see him really shine not, not only, like, in sobriety but with the specific skill that he has?
2: I almost want to cry because I'm so happy. Like, I'm so proud of the steps and just the growth <laughs> and I'm sorry <laughs> I'm just it's it's amazing because I think about how he was when we first got in and how he is now and he is awesome and he's doing it and he's at, he's not talking it he's doing it and it's just I'm I'm beyond proud How does it feel to hear that
1: it's very heartwarming it's good stuff it's, it's awesome
0: right so let's uh so Sam how how has what Dean's doing here how has that inspired you to what you're successfully doing because you know I've known you for a while I remember when you first came in it was you wanted to go back and work or manage, you wanted to own your own gas station or manage it or yeah. something you know talk about That sounds about, even embarrassing. You, no 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 that's good. It. It's, you um, had a goal then, but how has that changed?
2: Um, it's tra- changed tremendously. And even, like, where I'm working now, I don't want it to be a permanent thing. I want to actually do something, like, something I enjoy doing, like, that's not so hard on the body. Mm-hmm. It's because I've gotten carpal tunnel from where, you know, where I'm working now. But I actually, like... And seeing him do what he wants to do, it motivates me to not stop. And when I say that, like, it just motivates me, like, the sky is the limit. And as long as I push, it will happen. Like, not to give up, no matter what, just don't give up. Because I've seen him, like, through the mud, you know, and here he is, now he's shining. And I just, I'm very proud. And I just... I know how proud I am of him, so I can only imagine how proud I'm going to be of myself when I get to that. It's interesting you said that. Are you proud of yourself now? I am very proud of myself as far as my sobriety goes, as far as who I am as a person, absolutely. But as far I just feel like there's a void where my, with my work. Like I don't feel that click if that makes sense, like I, so, uh, but other than that, everything is great. Like as far as the kids, you know, being a mom, I can actually be a mom. I was never a mom, you know, I was mom, but I wasn't. And now I'm actually being there and actually going through it, the trials and tribulations, you know, with all of it and having a great man like him by my side, it makes it all, all more wild.
0: So, Dean, I'm going to ask you, how does it feel to hear her speak like that?
1: I think it's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing. You know, we, I'm so proud of her in the same token, too, because you know what? We, we came into this together, and we were very broken when we came in here. Me, literally broken. <laughs> yeah. Um, broken neck, shattered arm. Um, but you know what? We did it, and we're doing it. And it's going to, you know, when I say we did it, it's a process for the rest of our lives, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But to hear her talking like that is it's it's awesome. You know, we we came in here without kids. Okay, we now have our kids. You know, we came in here without a home. We now have our own home. I mean, it's just so many things that we've done together by just sticking true to what we want to do. Because, you know, that, that was a big thing. And, you know, I hope I'm not, like, bouncing around too bad. But for us coming in here as a couple, it was huge that because we were both codependent on each other, no doubt about it. But when we came in here, we were separated, you know. Been together five years and now poof, we're separated. And I think personally that was one of the biggest pros to our success now because, you know what, I, I could sit at night knowing that she was safe. I didn't have to worry about her, but she was taking care of her and finding herself. Because no matter what, you know, in, in, sob- in sobriety and, and all this, the codependency does you no good. I, You know, she's got to find her path in ha- of happiness. I had to find mine. And, you know, even like with the success in the kitchen now, a big part of that goes to a, a, a thanks to her because while I was in the kitchen every day volunteering, she was working a job and maintaining some, some income coming in so we could survive and keep saving up money and, and keep going. And that was, that was a huge part to why I am where I am today and no doubt about it, you know, because if I would have had to be like, well, I gotta go out and get a job and everything, you know, it's, I don't know where that would have led but she created the opportunity for me to step my game up and do something that I enjoy doing.
0: I have so many things going through my head to talk about with you guys. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you were referring to the separation of you guys, you know, and that's one of the things I love about Racing for Recovery is we welcome anybody in here, regardless of the situation. If If you're married, come on in. If you're Struggling to keep it together, come on in. I I don't understand the, well, you separating people. Now, with respect to treatment and stuff, yes, def, definitely a separation. But you remember trying to get into the IOP that Sam was in with oh, me? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> were working me over in the hallway yeah. and this and that. And I'm like, this guy, you know. But now you're starting to understand why we do what we do around here. And here's another example of it being a, a successful thing. I, I do want to do this because it's a part of it, but not all the details of it. You guys have a year of sobriety today, right?
1: A I, year of complete year of sobriety today.
0: Awesome. And it's kind of weird that we just booked this on this day and didn't even...
1: <laughs> didn't even know it.
0: Didn't even know that. So with respect to that, I do want to talk about like how you guys got here and... I will say this, Dean, and you don't have to share this, but that story that you shared with me in the kitchen about that driving one day with that whole thing, that moved me, like, big time. So why don't you guys talk about what it it was like and, like, what made you finally contact us, and then we'll get back into the good stuff. But tell people that are watching this what what it was like for you guys.
1: Well, do you want me to start? Go ahead so how we got here you know we, we would need a couple hours for me to tell you the whole <laughs> whole spiel of my path to it but it all started in youngstown ohio um her and i were staying out there with my father and she was pregnant um we had the baby and uh basically what it boils down to is csb got involved and we lost our kid and we went off the deep end and ripping and running the streets. Well, God evidently knew that we needed some guidance to, or we were going to die. And we got into a severe car accident and I broke my neck. She had internal bleeding. Um, we were a hot mess and we wound back up here in in swan, good old swan tucky. <laughs> 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 And, um, Basically, I I thought to myself that I literally thought that I had died in the car accident, and I was living in a a living hell. And um, we were living in the living room of one of my buddies, who you know he's an awesome guy, but he suffers from mental illness, schizophrenia, um, all that stuff, and just. But it was it was like living in a living hell because I couldn't do nothing. Just felt like I was stuck in this chair, and you know had her. So basically it boiled down to we got all drunk one night and um, <laughs> she broke out this guy's window because I locked her out of the house.
2: Best decision I ever made. Sorry. And
1: that decision right there that she made, basically he threw her out. I didn't have to go, but I remember like this guy's basement was like a dungeon. And we sat down there and we, and we had a serious talk. And we come to the conclusion that we can't do this on our own. We need to find some help. So she agreed, you know, because it was, it was either one of these things, honestly, that we were going to go our separate ways or we were going to do this and get our lives together. Okay. And um, so the past started at UTMC. We knew nothing of Racing for Recovery. And we got to doing research in there. Um, her grandmother, you know, took us there. And that's when we made the phone call here. And, and we even asked, you know, one of the big things was, do you accept couples? Because we weren't going to go to separate places. We wanted to find somewhere that would take us. And then when we called, and we got the absolutely answer, get over here. So that's when, you know, we walked, walked through the doors. I was in a neck brace and a cast and literally had a broken neck, um, shattered soul. And, you know, the, the we could go on for the, the you know, the, the long-term run of, you know, how we got here, but that's the, the initial, that's what made the choice, how we ended up here. Yep. And we started, you know, and when I say we, I don't want to speak for her because I know that she, she's she got a lot to add mm-hmm. to this too, but that's when we decided that it's time. Um, but we were still in that mentality way of thinking at first, you know, um, but I know that 43 years old, well, I was 42, just <laughs> turned 43. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was time to do something different. And I knew it was going to take hard work. And I got kind of scared at first because I know that, you know, exercise and all that is a big part of what we do here. And having these injuries and stuff, I wasn't able to partake in a lot of them activities. So, you know, it was a, A big deal do you want to add anything to how we got here
0: I got a question for you Sam help you talk about throwing that brick through the window no I
2: threw my fist through the window yeah I got a really I got a cut right here from it I thought it was a brick okay Uh -uh. even better um Dean had locked me out of the house and I got mad and i went to the window and i went to knock on the window at least i thought i went to knock but i was intoxicated Mm -hmm. so obviously it was a lot harder than a knock and my fist went straight through it and when the guy had come home that we were staying with he told me to get out and I basically, at that point in time, I was like, okay, no big deal, because I knew I was going to go to the dope house. Like, that was my excuse to to run, you know, so I just got my excuse. And then, like, I didn't. I, I just, I didn't go. And Dean was like, we need to talk. We need to figure this out. And seeing the hurt in his eyes and actually realizing that I was not happy where I was in life I figured I'm already really I'm already, I'm as low as I can go. There's only one option and that's to go up. Nothing wrong could come from trying to get sober. So coming here was like the best decision and I say like being separated from him was was amazing. And I think that's where I got a lot of my growth because I found out who I was and what I liked to do, not worrying about, okay, is he going to like to do this? Like he was on the back of my mind. I knew he was safe. I knew he was good. I knew he was doing what he needed to be doing. So I just solely focused on myself. I've never done that throughout my whole entire life. I always used substances. If it wasn't smoking pot, it was drinking or, you know what I mean? Like since I was 12 years old, like that was when it all started for me. So I never actually gave myself time to think about what I like. It was always what I thought others wanted or what others liked. And coming in here, I've actually got to get to know myself. I know that I'm a strong woman. I know that I am worthy Like when I first came in here, I could not say those things. Like I love the person that I am today. I love that I can go to bed and wake up in the morning and not have to remember a lie that I told. I can just speak. I don't have to worry about anything slipping. Like I don't have nothing to hide. You get what you see. And that's one thing like it's huge because I always used to lie. It was a lie to cover up another lie. And honestly, this place given me the opportunity to find myself to where I made amends with my mother before my mother had died. That's something huge because that's where I got a lot of my closure. Like, that's where like I got a lot of my acceptance. Like, it hurts like hell, yes, but I'm very happy that I got to be on good terms with my mom. And my mom told me she was proud of me and I'm just, it's just a lot of things to be grateful for. This is what I want to talk
0: about because this is important because people, this is what separates racing for recovery from, quite honestly, anybody else. So a couple things in that, and I want to point this out. Having you go through that extremely difficult time with losing your mom, I want to, <clears throat> I want to make it clear to people that are watching, you did not use. No. I did not. And this is, again, this is what makes us different. Normally, and I did this in the um, Staying Alive group yesterday, when people like us are hurting, it's a, it's almost like this knee-jerk auto, automatic reaction. I got to smoke crack. My mom died. Of course I got to shoot heroin. Are you kidding me? What else is there to do? That's like a normal thing for people that are using drugs. Not here. No. Nope. Here it's, oh, my God, this is awful, or whatever that stuff is. I'm sober, I'm going to stay that way, and I'm gonna find any other option to help me do that. And that is one of the things, even when I, when this happened, I'm like, oh my God, obviously from an empathetic standpoint. But then I sit back and I'm like, I wanna see what she's got. And you and you did it, and I am so like happy for you, but proud of you, for because I get to watch that perseverance and commitment
2: and passion and dedication, and I'm like, that's what this place is about. When I came in here, I I was serious. I wasn't contemplating, do I really want to change? Am I really, you know what I mean? Like, I knew I was done, and I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And all of the energy that I put into messing up my life, I've put into fixing my life. And when my mom had died, the first thing that came to my mind is them kids are coming home with me. It, it wasn't, oh, I need to go get high or I need to, you know what I mean? Like, I did not even think about that because I know that that juice is not worth that squeeze for me. And that's the best, like, metaphor that I have is, like, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. And I actually play my tape through before i make any decision if i feel uncomfortable with any decision in life now i think about it and if i feel uncomfortable with it i'm not going to do it awesome and if i have to second guess it that means it's not a good decision for me so this is great so i want to ask
0: this is both directed at both you guys now and again i this is the part of these podcasts i love talking about so you guys both had mentioned you know you're living in akron it was right where was where Youngstown. was your dad's young yep. same thing right I close mean close enough i mean 45 minute eastern ohio right <laughs> whatever so you're over there and i i can't imagine this um as a father i can't imagine having somebody take my son or my daughter or whatever as a mom that's really got a sting you know we um, had to drop him off to
2: child services
0: okay So let me ask this question, because a lot of people could watch this and go, oh, my God, they're terrible people that did that. And it's like, well, you don't understand the story. And I love at Racing for Recovery explaining how someone got there, not judging for where they Mm -hmm. are. So here's a question for both of you. And you don't have to talk about this, or you can, or we can get into it later. But had you... Do you feel had you not endured trauma of whatever you went through prior to even having kids that maybe you wouldn't even have been in that situation in the first place? Or if you would have gotten some help for that trauma, again, maybe you wouldn't have taken the addiction so far. Is that a, I guess, an adequate question to ask?
2: I feel like, honestly, I don't know because there's two sides to that like my dad he was an alcoholic and he was a drug addict so I grew up around that that was the normal Mm -hmm. to me so growing up around it I see dad stressed out what's he gonna go do he's putting the crack pipe to his mouth or he's putting the beer to his mouth like so that was normal to me and the trauma aspect I realized I have a lot of trauma and me not going through treatment for the trauma that played a big role, yes, but I still think that I would be in the same situation. Okay. And I don't regret the situation because it made me who I am today. True story.
0: Dean, what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, kind of integrate inter- the the good question. So kinda.
0: and and I love how Sam answered it because I, as soon as I asked that, it's like, well, I could say the same thing. You know, the stuff I went through, you look at it and you're like, well, I don't want to become that. And then we do. I don't even know if I would have gotten help if I would have accepted it or not. So there is two sides mm-hmm. of that, right? So basically what I'm saying, Dean, had you not had some circumstances that put you in your dad's basement, do you think things would have been different and you wouldn't have lost or wouldn't have had to drop your kid off at CSB?
1: No, it, I, I think that it would have been just a matter of time um you know kind of kind of like sam was saying the whole childhood thing i mean i've had trauma my whole life um yeah we won't get into to, to all of it but you know i thought that was just like she said that was the way of life that's how we cope okay that's how my mom still today copes i mean Sorry, Mom. (laughs) You know, you have a bad day, you drink. You know, at Christmas time, you're happy, you drink. And, you know, for me, I always thought my way could get me there. And when I say that to where, you know, I've done a lot of really cool, successful things in life. You know, it hasn't just been a a life of misery. I mean, I've lived in California for eight years. Um, I've done some pretty gnarly stuff and um some
0: motorcycle riding yeah right? absolutely yeah. some
1: freestyle motocross yeah. metal militia you know it's met a lot of really cool superstars and all that and it was a big part of it you know my problem is is i always thought my wake would work and you know i would screw it all up go on a drug bender or something and you know i think oh man i just i just won't pick up cocaine and everything will be fine you know and i rem- uh, i remember his name was lou but he was at compass way back in the day and uh that was i was like 18 or 19 years old and that was my first little run-in with uh, i had to do the cad program through mommy court because i screwed something up and um but you know i always told him i said well if i don't pick up cocaine you know i'm still gonna drink a jack and coke and stuff and i, I remember like yesterday that, that old, old gentleman looked at me and said you don't know shit." <laughs> you know, and you just keep on coming back because if you think you can do it and I try, 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 tried, and the results were always same old, same old, you know, but I, uh, I I really do believe that it would have happened at some point.
0: It's And the way you guys are answering that, I can see that because in, in essence it did. I mean, that happened to you guys and you kept her going, you know, and that's, that's part of what, what I'm talking about is some of these things if people can get at least a seed that's planted that said hey have you ever gotten help from some of the things you've been through people when i ask that question people are like they don't even know what's a problem because they're used to the normality of it so it, it can be an opportunity or it can be a motivational thing after it's all done to look back and go, wow, I didn't realize how I was normalizing all that stuff. Now I see there is a clear path to getting me to wherever I want. So it it can work either way. I guess the blessing is you got here, right? Absolutely. How, so let's talk about this. I, I'm interested in like what our IOP classes did how they were helpful for both of you and what you've utilized with that information. And Sam, I really, I had you for a long time in there.
2: Yes, I loved your IOP. Um, What I got out of IOP was I got out, like I would bring in my notebook and I remember sitting and I remember taking notes. Uh, I would listen, like actually listen. And I would go home or back to the hotel and I would read those notes and it's like almost like I would study them because I, I would see people that were here for a longer period of time and they looked happy and I wasn't happy so I was willing I was too scared to go up to them to ask them how they got to where they were so that's how I used how you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I used like what they had said in group be, and that really helped me. And then I got to the confidence part to where I would ask them how they got to where they were. And that right there was, like, the light bulb for me. Because I never gave myself that opportunity. Like, I always said my life is shit. My life, That's the card I was dealt. And I and coming in here, too, like, I used the whole, oh, it's hereditary thing as a crutch for a long, long time. Oh, my dad, he's a drug addict. You know, he's this, he's that. It's hereditary. That's the cards I was dealt. Coming in here and, like, in the IOP and hearing you say that one day that it's a choice, either you use or you don't. Simple as that. Like, at first, I'm thinking, this guy, you know? (laughs) I really was. (laughs) I really was. And then, like, going through and actually, like, paying attention and listening to everything, that really, like, he's freaking right. It's just a choice. And that was empowering to itself. Like, that gave me power because I felt powerless. Like, my whole entire life I felt powerless over it. Oh, it's going to happen. You know, everything goes good, it's going to all fall. No. Everything's been going good and the momentum's keeping going. And I've just kept that momentum going. And I just, I don't know, like, your IOPs were really awesome. And... I I remember the first IOP that I had and you remembered my name and that was like huge that I will never forget that because I I think I even told you you know you remembered my name you know and you're like well why wouldn't I you know and that like made me feel important because I never felt important and that was like a huge thing and like you guys believing in me before I believed in me was huge.
0: I remember, You always sat to my left, and I remember when watching your transformation start to take place, you know, your, the coloring, and I'm sure I made comments of you taking notes and stuff in there, because that's the stuff I look for, but I used, I loved calling you Sammy, remember? And then, I don't know how it happened, but one day you, I think you said it to somebody else that you really didn't like being called that, and... In my mind, I'm like, then why were you allowing me to do that? And it's a confidence thing. And that's where it started to shift, you know, and I was so happy that you're like, I, yeah, I really don't like that. And then you said, but you can keep calling me that. And I I haven't, nope. you know, because I, I heard you and I'm like, that's what I want for people is to stand up and say, hey, you know, I really don't go by that name. Okay.
2: Yeah, my grandma's the only one that's allowed to call me that. Just because she's called me it ever since I was yeah. real little, so I can't really tell her. Hey, you can't say it. But yeah, no. Yeah,
0: and I was doing it because I like just like I did with Journey. I was referring it to like a Sammy Hagar. I thing, know. I you remember know you I mean? calling me Sammy <laughs> Hagar
2: the one day. You're like Sammy Hagar.
0: <laughs> Dean, what about you? Because you had, I think Emily was running a lot of your yep, IOPs, Emily, right? Emily. Yep. So, what was it in her groups that was really clicking for you in there?
1: Well, so I'm going to kind of start from my way of thinking from the beginning. Yep. And obviously I've been through a lot of different I don't I think they were IOPs, okay, but I've been through the VOA, CTF, I mean the whole 9 yards. And you know, when I first got here, my old way of thinking was, "Oh hell. Here we go again. Sit through another, you know, thinking for a change and everything." And when I really got in there, Emily, she, she always smiled and she, you know, I remember her from day one that, you know, I tried not talking and that she wasn't having that, <laughs> but the IOPs for me really, I knew, I know right from wrong. Okay. And I've already heard though, oh, well, you can't do this, but the way that she put it down to where, you know, do things this way. You know, think like this. And that was a big changer for me. I wasn't a big talker in the groups because I'm a firm believer and I still believe into it today that I let my actions speak for me. I let, you know, I don't I don't want to sit there and say, oh, I'm doing this, this, this. No, I, I let people watch me and kind of like, you know, I'm a leader. I love being, I love leading things to where, you know what, you want to do it, just follow me, you know. Um But the IOPs, I was able to get out of my shell a little bit and I was treated more as an individual than just a statistical number to where, you know, you got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. And that wasn't the case. And that was huge. And now I'm going to rewind a little bit in the beginning of this. You know, you said I was chasing you down in the hallways and stuff. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And sorry, honey, but it was. I seen what you your IOP was doing for her. Right. I was reading her notes, like, and I'm like, wow, you know. Not that Emily's was ain't, you know. Yeah. It was just a bigger group that I was in, but I seen that. I was like, I want that, and that's why I was chasing you down. It okay. wasn't for because of saying, oh, you hey, know, we could have switched. <laughs>
0: that's good. But you know,
1: I, I wanted, I wanted to really hear what you had to say. You know, I, I really. I mean all the staff members here man it was, everybody's got great knowledge and input and everything and this like our our case manager Miss Chelsea Carson Miss Carson I, I love her <laughs> I owe so much to that woman flat hands down mm-hmm. because you know what I've always tried to cut corners my whole life with everything I've done. There was no cutting corners. Before. There was no cutting corners. <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, people say, oh, it, was in a, it wasn't It was in a mean way. No. It was in a no. You know, it was that's, out of love. It was, that, that's just it. It was out not of the love, love of, no, you, you can do it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to do it. You can do it this way. And, you know, a, that part of it with the case manager like that was hands down life-changing. You know, um, so, yeah, she I just I definitely wanted to speak about that because that was very even with the broken neck and everything. I tried to excuse excuses. Uh, oh, I can't do that. Well, you, well, you can do this. You know, I mean, she held me accountable and it really taught me something more about myself or what she did. It, you know, it's um,
0: I was, you guys have mentioned, you know, Emily and Chelsea and. Again, for people that are watching this, they could be thinking, well, who are those people? Well, Emily, who is our now clinical director and doing an absolutely fabulous job, she has taken this program of ours and gotten it to where I hoped it would be. I knew it would be. I had no idea how it would be. And she just took that position, thankfully, and has made it happen. And she came in to racing for recovery back when we just had a Thursday night support group meeting and has become who she's become. She has a fantastic way of taking whatever it is that I started and putting this. She's so intelligent with what she She can put these clinical terms or whatever. And she runs those groups. In my opinion, they're, I mean, in a more effective way than I do on an educational level. And she's taking i guess my passion and experiences and make it sound smart that's her job you know i do what my role is but then she really put some educational punch to it and chelsea's another success story of coming here as a i don't like calling people clients another person getting some help you know came in didn't have insurance or whatever and just paid for it and she works here and is doing obviously a great job with you guys as well um so keeping that going i'm always interested in like because you mentioned that and most people have they've been other places numerous times to come in and start hearing different concepts what's that like i mean you dean you said well i want to do it my way but when you guys hear and see as sam said success of doing it differently can you talk about the process of changing how your mindset changed that you were receptive to that
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to be dead honest with you to where I always, you know, nothing against all the other programs, groups, anything. They've saved many lives. Kudos to them. That's awesome. Keep going. But I've always believed in my head, Todd, that using drugs was a choice. Flat out. And every time I said something about that, oh, no, no, no. And when I came upon Racing for Recovery and I found out it was about choice it's not hereditary it's not a disease and all that you know for me i never ever wanted to say well i'm powerless to anything flat out and you know <laughs> what i would say that in groups and all that not here but in other places they would look at me like i'm crazy and when i came upon this i said wow i knew it you know it was like the light came on man and i and that's it's when i really ran with it you know and uh the whole power of choice is, is, is tremendously huge because it is. Everything in life is a choice. Yeah. You know, you either go that way or you go that yep. way. There's never problems, only solutions. That's man. right. That's right. And um, it was huge because one thing about here is, for me personally, is like even when the tragic thing happened with her mother and stuff, I mean, that, that in itself was trauma like beyond belief. You know, I've never experienced mm-hmm. something like that in my life. But you know what? When you get over that mountain of, oh, I can't use because I lose my housing or I can't lose because I might lose my job or something, when you get over that hump to I don't want to use, I don't want to get high, I don't want to make a choice. Like, I've got different choices now. Absolutely. Like That is so huge in recovery. It's beyond belief. You know, when you get over that hump to the sky's the limit. You know to walk in here every morning as a staff member working this kitchen is the biggest honor to myself and to to show other people coming through these doors that it's true man you know all you got to do is apply yourself and don't do drugs man because yeah. i tell you what if you think life's not going to punch you in the face yeah. and kick you in the gut when you're down you're crazy all right um it's it's gonna happen but you know what? You just don't use, no matter what. And that has showed me so much. I mean, I, I hope I'm not getting too no, sideways on the whole topic. Like, it's just, uh, that is a big part of my, my recovery. You know, it's uh, it's something that I've never been able to do in my life. And, you know, I did it for myself. You know, I'd, you know I even said this to somebody last night to where, you know what, I don't, I don't do drugs and all this. I don't do it because, oh, I'm doing it for my kid. No, I do it for myself. I just get to enjoy my kids now because I don't, because I make them choices, you know? I get to enjoy. You know, I even shared when her and I walked in here, we had each a hospital bag full of clothes. You know, when we finally moved out of Racing for Recovery, we had to rent a 20-foot U-Haul, packed it up, and then even went to a furniture store. And got whatever we needed because we did it right. You know, to me, that's success. That's walking out of here with your head high. And for people coming through these doors to see if I you know I've waited my whole life, man, to say if I can do it, you can definitely do it. Yeah. Because I know that my life was just so full of crap sometimes to where, you know, for me to sit here even honored talking with you in this podcast, man, it's 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 unbelievable. Wow. You know? I love
0: it. So Sam Dean mentioned um, the the power of choice, um, uh, imp- being empowering. What what is it in here that was a new concept for you that you really grabbed onto?
2: Um, I've never been to any other treatment place before, so I was fortunate enough for this to be my first and my last. And I can say that because I'm confident and I know that I'm not going to use. Um, but I think what I, where I lacked was I never really felt like I had the support of loved ones. Like, I feel like that my mom was always working all the time and my dad, he was, you know, taking us down to see drug dealers and like we, me and my brother and my sister all seen things growing up that we shouldn't have. We've, you know, been around that whole scene and i just think like the lack of feeling the lack of care and i thought my mom like i hated my mom for so long for what my mom was doing what she needed to do you know she was putting food on the table like she just wasn't around so i didn't feel like i had that support so coming in here i had i i didn't feel alone anymore and that's the big thing like when, like, Dan and I, before we got, like, sober and before we even thought about coming here, him and I were all we had. And that was pretty much, like, where it is. Like, we were all we had. And that's why I think we were so codependent on each other, too, because we knew. Like, I knew he wasn't going anywhere, and he knew I wasn't going anywhere. We just, And I remember telling him, even in the act of us messing up, like, I love you. And I love you so much that I want to do things right. I want to live a happy-go-lucky life with you. I don't want us to continue doing this all of our lives. And I hope that I showed him that because I know that I showed myself that. Like, I I didn't love him because we were getting high. I loved him because I saw the good person he was inside. And I saw the loving, caring heart that he had. And... I just, I don't know, like I'm just, I just knew. Like when I came here, I had the support, the love, and it gave me confidence to get my shit together and keep moving and being told by Chelsea, you can do this, Sam, you know, you got this. Like even when I didn't think I did, like that motivated me. Him going outside with a broken neck, walking around, (laughs) that motivated me like because he was staying consistent with it like he was going out every morning at six o'clock in the morning and he would walk all around here and it was just yeah
0: i love this i love doing these when they're awesome when people are doing well so let i want to talk about uh your involvement in in the kitchen dean because there's i've said this a million times in here people say i want to work here someday and i'll create your own job i say it a lot so i'm looking at this shake um what do you have in this one by the way
1: that's a uh, peanut butter banana spinach flaxseed, uh, chia seed and oatmeal all the good stuff and so almond milk You can't forget the almond milk
0: that's key not coagulated cow pus but yeah <laughs> milk, you know and it's, i guess it's no secret now i'm a, a, a vegan dude i have been for a number of years one of the best decisions i've ever made so I, I wanna tell you how much I appreciate what you have for me any, anytime I want. You know, when I can have the pleasure, and again, this all comes from one choice to stop using drugs. I can text you on my way in and, hey Dean, can I please have a shake? And I pull in and boom, you have it. That, I'm, I'm thankful for this. And at the same time, I'm proud of the fact that you're doing it. You know, and I'd like to know what it's like for you to be in there making your awesome creations for people who are coming in here for help. What, how does that feel?
1: Well, I tell you, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind because I remember like yesterday, the, the one time I did the nutrition class and you came in and you said, you, you did all this? And I said, yeah. And you go, would you ever want a career here? <laughs> and, <laughs> and ever since that day, I thought to myself, hell yeah, you know, let's run it. Now, what this cooking has done for me, I've been a chef for quite a while, and the whole world of vegan cooking, plant-based cooking, total rookie to it, okay? But I knew that I I know how to manipulate some food and make it taste good, so why not take them skills and let's try and like recreate some dishes that are healthier, hands down. Um, you know, what I do in that kitchen, I never, Flat out, even though sometimes I'm going crazy in there because I want – you know, I'm not a perfectionist, but I don't play when it comes to the food. I want quality, and so people that come through here can really enjoy it. But I don't look at this as a job at all. Like, and and that's – I've never been able to say that. Like, I don't dread getting up. Like, oh, man, I got – I look forward to it, man, especially when I come in and, you know, that's – that's a big seller for me here is when I saw all the rock and roll posters and everything, <laughs> hands down. so oh, yeah, I'm going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, you know, to put on some music and, and I just get into my zone and start putting all, together all this healthy food. For when I open up that door and everybody comes in for breakfast and everything, they're like, wow. You know, it's all fresh, hand cut, you name it. That has woken up a passion in me that I didn't even know I had you know it's like I, I actually I care that's why I, I do what I do and to see how people have have really some people that has really taking this plant-based diet serious you know I see that they're listening to me and the results are just phenomenal with it like I mean there's a couple people that's transitioned to what they don't look nowhere what they look like when they came in here um, we've had doctors take people off medication you know and uh, and I look at it that is this is kind of my way of giving back, how you created this to give back, you know. I'm a, I'm a little part of this where this is what we do here, you know. Um, it's, it's an awesome feeling to know that my job I don't look like is a job. I look at it. I come in. I look forward to your text. Hey, I'm on my way. All right. What can I whip him up today, you know. And so far, you know, I haven't put nothing bad in the cup. No, I <laughs> –
0: I got I want to, I'll say it this way. You know, I, I do some physical things. Um, and I'm 100% believer that changing my nutrition has enhanced my ability to do some of the stuff that I'm fortunate enough to do. And, you know, I have a couple goals this year, um, with some of the physical things I do. And one being is there's going to be a big event in a pretty cool place in this country or outside of the mainland, so to speak. And when you started doing this, I'm so appreciative of what you've been doing. I've said it. I'm like, well, you you need to come out to, well, I can say it. I'm sure I'll get some flack for it, but whatever. I mean, doing my 100th Ironman out at Ironman Hawaii, which again, I don't even think people know. It's that event that I saw back in my addiction that has turned this whole thing into something. So to go back to that place, to, do, to achieve my own personal goal, And it's, I'm not, it's true. You have, you are helping me and have helped me and will continue to help me achieve what I'm doing here. And, you know, you guys are going to come out to that. What's that like for you to even, I can't imagine like what it's like for you to be like, holy cow, you know, you are contributing to the success of Racing for Recovery. I mean, even for both of you, Sam, as a supporter of Dean, What's that like for you guys to be on that side, our side of the street now?
1: Words can't describe it. You know, I, I think I said it a little bit ago. It's this is the biggest honor, like that I think that I've ever held. That like I hold a standard now, and to be on this side of the fence mm-hmm. is made me realize too that when I see new people coming through the door, I don't forget how I felt when I mm-hmm. came through this yeah. door. Yep. And if I can make it their day any better by putting some good, healthy food, I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I know that, like I said, I'm giving back. Yep. And to be on this side of the fence and have the opportunities to to go experience something like that, I mean words words can't even describe it. You know, it's it's amazing. And then but sometimes honestly I sit back and I look that, you know what? I'm carving my own path and you know what i'm not taking advantage of anything just when opportunities come through i'm following through because you know honestly todd that's one thing that i can honestly say in my life i mean i've done like a lot of cool even jobs and stuff but one thing i've never done in my life is follow through with anything Mm -hmm. and now i find myself following through with everything you know i say i'm gonna do it um decide you know i i actually you know when I came in here, a driver's license was the last. <laughs> I would laugh at somebody if they say, you know, what what's it take to get your driver's license, you know? And I'm, you know, proud to say that I officially get to go get my driver's license this Friday. Beautiful. And you know, and that's following through. You know, I had the uh, the money saved up, and the old me wouldn't. Have, oh no, I could just you know pay payments down the road. I I followed through and I paid them off. Yep. And the judges love me, and they're, like, so proud of what I've done and the choice I made that, you know, I actually get a good opportunity uh, this coming up month here to – we're going to have a lot of judges and prosecutors and everybody coming through to see what we do, yep. you know, and, and they're looking forward because I even told the one judge, not only am I telling you, I'm going to get to show you what I'm doing and what this place can do for someone's life, you know, just carve your own path, man. I mean, that's the way I feel with it, I mean –
0: Sam, I want to ask you this: What would you say to a mom right now who might, hopefully, is watching this and who's having a hard time? What would you say to her?
2: Don't give up. Reach out for help because if you truly want to help yourself, you can. You can do it. Beautiful. I um,
0: I've asked you everything I wanted to ask. Is there is there anything you want to ask me before we wrap up? You guys have done a phenomenal job. Congrats on a year. See, it wasn't so bad, right? I can't wait to get this one up this week. But is there any questions you have for me that you think someone would benefit from watching this?
1: Some questions for you. I always got questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) What you want to eat? (laughs) I haven't. But, you know, I really, I don't have a question for you, but I do want to say this to anybody watching this video that you know what she's a hundred percent right to where you can do it Mm -hmm. but you got to want to do it man you know nobody's going to do this for me racing for recovery didn't do this for us they gave us an opportunity for us to do this for ourselves hands down the support's phenomenal um i don't think you'll ever see another place like it um i love this place this place has and this is kind of a thank you to you personally, because this place has done something and gave me an opportunity that I've never been able to do in my life. And I've tried many times. And I thank you for creating this whole thing and the opportunity to be a part of this. Like you said, when a couple, first IOPs or whatever, you know, you never have to leave. And it's so true because I never left. My disposition changed to you know, to where I can be a part of this for a very long time now. And I, I thank you, man, really.
0: You're like, welcome. I'm proud of both of you guys. Uh, I think we're done. That was that was awesome. I, I have a ton of pride uh, watching you guys shine. It's great. That's why I created this, just to do what I'm proud to be able to w- let the world watch, you know. So thank you both for just utilizing this, right? Absolutely. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right uh until next time everybody check out the racing for recovery live stream every thursday night at six thirty on our youtube page and our facebook page and as always with sobriety anything is possible we'll see you again soon